if you know somebody who's going through a challenging time, depression, isolation, possibly even worse, you want to be able to help them and don't know if you can or even how, this is the episode for you. This conversation that I have with Raj is the best conversation that I've had to date on how to understand if you have the capacity to help somebody know what to do, know how to help them, and to be able to be there as uh, what's called an empathetic witness, an empathetic listener. And that doesn't make sense yet, but if you watch this episode, it will. Um, today is Thanksgiving in the U.S., which I think of as gratitude and connection. And I was originally going to do an episode on gratitude. But quite honestly, somebody I follow who I truly appreciate, David Nagel, did a much better episode than I could have. I'm going to link it in the uh, notes down below because I truly believe that it's worth your time to watch. It's not just this fluffy thing about gratitude. It's a different take actionable gratitude on how we can utilize gratitude in these incredibly challenging times. As a matter of fact, why they're absolutely necessary in these times. So, highly recommend that you watch those episodes. Um, for today, I'm going to focus on connection. And often when I think about connection, I think of friends, family, mentors, teachers, people who truly care about each other. And one of the questions I get most from people who love people in their lives and care about people in their lives and have somebody who's gone through things like I have, have gone through darkness, depression, isolation, possibly even worse. I get a lot of questions around exactly what I shared. How can I help them? I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to relate to what they're going through and I don't want to make things worse. Or I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't even want, not sure if I want to open Pandora's box because maybe something's going to happen there that I don't even know how to deal with. All of those types of questions. This episode with Raj is absolutely going to help you. So without further ado, on to the episode. Just based on, you've been on both sides now, mm. right? You've been on the side where you've, you've tried taking your life mm -hmm. and you've had people in your life take their lives. Yeah. You've seen both. Um, just based on seeing and feeling and experiencing both sides of the spectrum, how do you feel, uh, what do you feel is the best way for one to show up mm -hmm. for themselves when suicidal thoughts or suicidal feelings emerge? And on the flip side, how can one show up for others in a way without needing to know if they're Suicidal doesn't even matter, but how can one show up um, for others to just make, help them feel like they're not alone? I'll tell uh, a short story that I think helps with this, and then I'll go very directly into those answers. So I was at a point, I was 39 years old. I happened to be in this um, event with friends of mine, uh, led by a gentleman, uh, Philip McKernan. Uh, but I happened to be rooming with another friend of mine and through a series of events that had happened before this, I just found myself at another emotional breakpoint. I was 
no longer stable again, right? So, and this is after nine years of significant work. I was just not stable. And I found myself at a point where the deepest point in a long, long time, I did not want to live. I was just, it hurt so bad to live. I just, it wasn't that I wanted to die. It was that it was so painful to be in this existence that I couldn't imagine another year of it. And so I literally began to plan out. This was a few days before my 18th, uh, my 39th birthday, excuse me, before my 39th birthday. Um, I began to plan out how it was going to happen. And it's the closest I had gotten in many, many, many years to going through. And I was pretty set. Um, nobody knew this. I wasn't sharing. This was a part of my life at that time I was not open about. Right. right? And so a lot of people going through this, it's because of shame, there's guilt, there's weakness, all of these things we supposedly have around this. It's one of the reasons it's not shared. Mm. Right. Okay. And I just happened to be having a conversation, uh, with that friend I was rooming with and he shared a story about his life. And I don't know exactly why he shared it. Maybe he just saw something that he recognized. And when he began sharing the story of his life and I'd known him for years, I knew that he understood and I didn't have to ask for help. I just knew that he understood and I could see that his life was different now and that he had understood the life that I had been through. So it began to give me this belief that maybe there was something different. Like I had just lost hope. Like, I, like I'm going to live this way for the rest of my life. And I don't know that I can do it. There is nothing more. And he gave me this glimmer of belief that there actually was another side of this. There was an outside to the darkness. And that would spark. That spark was all that I needed to hold on to because I, I wanted to live. I just didn't want to live the way that I was living. And so instead through another series of events, I ended up going to my grandmother's for my birthday and just opening up about all of this. And that led towards this period for the next few months that I went to every person close to me. And I just had an open conversation about the fact that for as long as I could remember, I've been through this high and this low and that at many points I have not wanted to live. And each person that I shared this story with was able to just sit there, was able to receive it, was able to look at me with love and even today, man, like it's powerful, like love instead of judgment, like love. And they didn't have to give me advice. They didn't have to tell me what to do. Like we get all the advice we need. Sometimes it was just to be there. And then what had started throughout this process was something that was called the list. It was people that I made a promise to that. If I got to that point again, I would call them. Right. But the difference was two things. Number one was I could tell by looking in their eyes that they meant it. They wanted me to call. This was not a burden that I was putting upon them because I was also afraid of putting my weight upon other people. Right. And then the second part of that was I had this written down list. And when you get in back in that dark place, your mind plays tricks with you yeah. and you don't believe I can see your eyes now and know our connection, but you begin to forget that connection in that place. But I could look at the list 
and I could not refute the list. The list was physical evidence that these people cared about me and cared about my life. And that began to shift to make a difference. And then with that knowledge, with that hope, um, I just began to be way more open about the things that I experienced and what I'd been through. And it's like, it's like taking this dark gooey fog or, 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 or muck. And it's like, every time you talk about it, you bring it up into the sunlight and in the sunlight, it begins to evaporate because it's not really there. Right. And I just kept doing that over and over and over. And each person I talked to, that weight, that burden, I found I wasn't putting it upon them, but I was allowing it to lessen because every time I did this, there was less and less weight there until eventually I didn't feel shame about it. I didn't feel like I was broken. I didn't feel like there was something wrong with me that I needed to hide. And that was a key part to what we talked about earlier of how I could just be more present and caring and everything else with myself. Yeah. So to very directly answer the question now, number one, um, there's something called an empathetic witness, right? And it's just being able to be present with somebody and allow them to share what they're going through and care without judgment. That is one of the most healing things that exists for somebody who's just stuck in that place of guilt and shame and often depression and often suicidal thoughts. It is literally the most powerful thing and you don't have to give advice and you don't have to take the weight of the other person upon you, right? Because it's not your burden to bear, but that allowing somebody to let that pressure off, allowing somebody to evaporate that guilt, allowing somebody to evaporate that shame, allowing somebody to let that weight off, to feel heard, to feel seen, and then to begin to feel cared for. That's the key. And if you're truly willing to, don't do it if you're not, if you're truly willing to, you can help that person create their list. Mm. That list is the first few people who they promise, because often our word is so important to us. My word was so powerful that even though I didn't want to, I would call people on that list, right? Help them create their list so that they have those people they could call, even if they never call it. The existence of that list is powerful. I never had to call the people on that list, right? But I would have, Yeah. but the existence of it was so powerful. Yeah. So that process there, as simple as it is, empathetic listening and empathetic witness, right? You don't have to give advice. You don't have to take the weight of this upon you. It's just to be present then to help them create the list so that they realize that there's more people out there who care about them than they realize. And then they have that artifact, that thing that they can hold on to in the darkness and realize that they're okay, that they're cared for, they're loved and there's something more. Right. And then from there, um, once they're allowed, they're allowing themselves to be more open, then there's other options, right? You can go through therapy. There's a lot of different healing right. options out there that are possible, but they've now gotten over the hump right. and that hump is that critical part. Once they're past that point in my experience with myself and with others that I've helped, they're okay. It may not be easy, but they're okay. Hmm. And so your other question just to hit it is what if you don't know what people are going through, right? Because for me, it was a perfect example of what people had expressed with Robin Williams. How could Robin Williams kill right. himself, right? right? He's bringing joy to so many people. He's out there. He's open. He's joyous. 
He's got so many things in his life. He's got a daughter. He's got fame. He's got money. You know, he's got a beautiful talent and skill. But when you're feeling those things in that darkness, shame, guilt, not wanting to burden others, like those create this isolation. And then in that isolation, the person who's going through it begins to feel and believe that they're actually alone. And then they begin to feel that they're not cared for. They begin to feel that their life isn't worth it. And it becomes this downward spiral. So the simple act is just when you see somebody you know you care about, like truly ask how they are, right? And don't take the surface answer. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. What's going on in your life? Ah, uh, you know, ups and downs. I've, uh, on that note, I've actually found that I stopped asking, how are you doing? And I stopped focusing on how are you feeling? That's a good one. It's a, it's a simple shift. Yeah. Because it actually forces somebody to drop into the present moment. Yeah. And it's, and it's connecting in a more, in more emotional way. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, yeah. no, that's, that's a perfect example, yeah. right? Yeah. And even if you only have, so let's say five minutes yeah. to actually ask the question and you can tell when somebody cares, you can tell when somebody's listening, right? They just listen. Right. Right. That's it. Man. Um, well, not the empathetic sort of listener. Um, a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And it's not that they're trying to struggle, you know, like I, especially like if you go to your parents and you say something like this to your parents, I could see a total scenario where your parents would actually judge themselves for making a mistake or yes. screwing up or they'll go down this rabbit hole around like, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong to, to, was I not a good person? Or if as a friend, yeah. was I not a good friend? Like I can see how being in that space, like, I don't know if I would, like I'm aware of it now and I think I'd be better, but in the past, I would totally take that on. Yeah. Right. I would take the burden on. Right. And then both people's fears are realized. So how can one, um, be an empathetic listener, yeah. I guess, like without really taking on that weight. So I love the analogy of you calling the weight almost like this, this muck that if you put up into the sun, it evaporates cause it's not real. Yeah. So like, I love that analogy because for my mind, as I'm visualizing it, even if I do take that weight, it's actually not real. Yeah. Right. So I can, I can choose to give that weight away and I can choose to not hold it. Right. So like, I guess in general, can you describe just now as you're holding space? Because like you hold space for so many people, mm -hmm. right? Like, and I, I see that and I see the impact that you're having on others and just the trajectory of their lives that are changing as a result of you being able to hold that space. Mm -hmm. So from your own experience, how did you become a better empathetic listener and, and be able to really create that environment or that container yeah. that can allow individuals who you may or may not know yeah. are going through that to sort of step into a role where they are fine. The core of what you just described is that when we see something from somebody else or somebody sharing something, an automatic reaction, and this is normal, it's okay, right. is to take it upon herself. You know, like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What could I do? And it becomes, again, becomes about me. 
Mm. Right? It's becoming about me. We don't mean to. It's not right. because we're bad people. It's not because we're selfish. There's no judgment on this. Right. It's a natural human condition. Right. right? We're wired to figure out what is about me because there's survival instincts involved. Right. It's okay. It's a simple thing of going, this is not about me. Right? So if it's not about me, then if I begin to feel emotions like, like come up because I have similar fears that I haven't expressed, then I don't have to be consumed by them. Right? Like, so there's two things that can often happen when somebody shares. Like one is it's like your parents, right? As you said, and that's your parents. And I love, and by the way, my parents listen to mom and dad. I love yeah. you. I know you guys would hold space for me. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Let me be very clear <laughs> here. Just be clear. It's, it's just an about example. you. It's yeah. an example. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, many parents and I, because people have reached out to me, I think many parents is a really good example, right? It's like, Oh, was it because I was angry? Was it because I didn't care? Was it because I wasn't there? Was it because I, you know, I had that blow up and my temper went off, you know, at that time, like, Oh, I did, what did I do wrong? Right. Again, that's about the person. That's about me for this small period of time. It's just not about you. And if it's not about you, then you don't have to bring your own emotional baggage into what they're sharing. Right. There can be another time. There's another time you can evaluate that. You can feel that. You can understand it for yourself. You can share it with somebody else. The sharing goes back and forth. But at this moment that you're listening, it's not about you. And so you're just there with it to the best degree you can. You can't be perfect. But you also don't have to fix the other person. Right? So it's scary for a lot of people. Somebody starts sharing something that's heavy and you're like instantly like, okay, how can I help them? What do I need to do? I don't want... like. It's going to be my responsibility. If they do something now, like it's my fault. And like we go towards that level of thinking, right? Right. You also don't have to fix them. You don't have to give advice. Like the human need here, very, very simply is just to be seen and to feel like you're okay, to feel like you're not broken, to feel like, like somebody shares something. You ever shared something that's a little deep and you hear people go, and you can just see him get uncomfortable and the conversation kind of breaks. And then you feel like, oh, I did something wrong. I shouldn't have shared that. Right. That's, that's, those are the types of things that can keep somebody keeping something on the inside mm. at the same time. You know, not everybody is ready to receive these things. Right. So if you are in that place where you're looking for somebody to listen, choose your empathetic listeners. Well, right? It's often somebody who cares about you. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's not because there's a lot of baggage there. A lot of times it's a friend, it's a mentor, somebody who you look up to or, or who cares about you, but isn't as emotionally involved in that way. Right. And they can be present. Teachers often do it. Therapists, of course, do it. Um, counselors can do it. Friends can, and, and it's, this doesn't have to be super heavy. There can be levity in it, right? And it doesn't feel this way, but a friend of mine, this is going back to high school again now, he had actually been in uh, an institute because of these uh, suicidal leanings, right? Mm -hmm. He got out, and I didn't even know him incredibly well at this time, but, but I knew him well enough. I liked him, and we got to know each other incredibly well after. But he was gone. I didn't know why, so I asked, and he openly shared with me why he was there. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, did you try to commit suicide? Right. 
I mean, you, you did cut up the arms and across, right? You were doing this the right way for like, you were going for attention, were you? <laughs> but I, I said it with that gleam in my eye and that joke, that shared sense of, I know what you've been through, right? Yeah. But then we could laugh about it. Then we could take this thing that was like this heavy weight where nobody would talk to him. And it became this thing we could joke about a little bit because that levity allowed us to deal with those depths. It allowed us. Comedy is incredible for dealing with dark or difficult things because we can let the weight of it off a little bit. Right. right. Is there a way to, let's say somebody doesn't have an empathetic listener in their life that's like readily practiced some of the stuff that you're mentioning here. Yeah. Right. Is there a way you would phrase what you're about to tell them? so that they can almost drop mm. into an empathetic listener's state? Mm. That's a good question. I haven't thought about this before, so just give me a second. I think the, the thing that I would ask people to, to think about was imagine that they've just, they were a kid and imagine they've just done something that they're ashamed of. Cause we all did things when we were a kid that we, we did something we're ashamed of. Right. And imagine rather than being caught, you're going to somebody who loves you. It could be a parent, it could be an uncle, it could be whoever it is. And you're going to share that thing that you're now shameful of because you, stole some candy from the, the local store because you broke a priceless family heirloom because you did like something that you just feel shame in. How would you want that person to respond? Right? The ideal loving, caring parent, how would you want them to respond? And just for a minute, can you embody that feeling that care, that parental nature that you would, would have wanted a parent to give to you and ask for it. And can you just give that to another person just for a few minutes and let them surprise you? Yeah. Especially if you come at it from that energy, cause that is something that everyone can connect with. Yeah. And man, I, this is, this is one of those things. And I, I think as I was listening to you talk about the empathetic listener, I think that's something that I am consistently trying to be more like all the time, mm -hmm. not needing to give advice, mm -hmm. not needing to fix and just unconditionally loving. So that word right there, the core of it is unconditional love, right? Cause what you're doing is you're giving this immense care and you're not judging. What is the difference between, I guess I would just curious, how would you describe the difference between conditional love and unconditional love? Mm -hmm. Conditional love is simple. It's love, but I'll love you if I'll love you when it's as simple as that. And that means that a person needs to do something, be something that they are not right now. Right. Unconditional is I see you exactly where you are. I may or may not agree with what you're doing or how you're living. And I love you regardless. That's acceptance. Yeah. It's acceptance. And it's, I think we talked about this yesterday, actually like learning to accept and love somebody 
as they are yeah is actually practice for you learning to love and accept you as you are these cycles are inside and out right, right. so as you become better with other people you will naturally become more of that way for yourself as you become more of that way for yourself, you become more of that way for other people. So you don't have to self-love entirely first before you can provide this to other people, and you don't have to provide it just to other people and not to yourself. These things, if you were just conscious about them, it works on both sides. Man. So to, to a better answer question you said in the beginning, how did I become better with myself? Part of it was being more present with myself, and part of it was being able to be more and more present with other people. Being a human being is such a gift. Like really, like we have these incredible abilities. We're all, everybody's born with, with their shit, right? Like <laughs> let's just start there. Like nobody's fucking perfect. Yeah. Like we all have shit, but it's just, and that's this shared humanity. Yeah. We're all, we all have shit, whether it's big shit, small shit, yeah. little shit, doesn't matter, but we all have our stuff. And there's this beautiful journey as we get older that just like we learn to love other people and their shit mm -hmm. the same way we accept and unconditionally love ourselves for making mistakes or going through yeah. the ups and downs and, and in that space of grace mm -hmm. in that space of, of appreciation or acknowledgement or acceptance, there's just so much beauty and so much healing and yeah. I, I think healing is one of the, it's like a birthright. Like everybody's born, everybody in their lifetime has an opportunity to heal. Yeah. And everybody in their lifetime has an opportunity to feel. And what a gift to be able to do that with others and to be able to hold that space. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, that's one of my favorite parts about you, Chris. Really, like when I'm in your presence, I really feel taken care of, not mm -hmm. by what you're doing, it's just by the way you, you, you look at me and the undivided presence you give. That's just like, you're not, it, it, there's, there's just an unconditional sort of bond. And I, I just, I, and I see that in myself. There's no way I could see that in you if I didn't see that in myself. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And that's the beautiful aspect of this. We're all just walking each other home. Yeah. Oh, this is a together thing. Yeah. Right. Everybody's going to trip and fall right? Help each other up. There's going to be points when I am capable of being this beautiful, empathetic witness, this beautiful, empathetic listener to other people. And there's going to be points when I don't have the capacity, right? Like looking at the list, the reason there's a, like multiple people on the list, I would suggest three to five is a really good start and you can go as long as you want. It's because not everybody's going to be able to be able to be there for each person, each, each moment. We all go through our own things. And that's okay. We have ebbs and flows. That's it. It's completely okay. It's, it's part of this process. It's recognizing that we're all on different journeys. Yes. And it's not about trying to have one person be everything. Yes. You don't need to have one person be everything. But also as that person, it means you don't have to be that person all the time. You don't have you to. You can allow oh, yourself. Super powerful. To just yeah. like, like everybody's going to have these moments of like breaking down or feeling less than or whatever it is that happens. Right. And when you feel like you've got to be on all the time for other people, there's no time for yourself hmm. and you never get to have the same experience. That's so important. And I hope everybody listening is really, really sinking into that, that you do not have to be this perfect, unconditional loving yes. being 
all the time. You're human. Yes. You're human. Like, and if somebody does come to you, right? Let me ask you this. Actually, this is a, an interesting question or something I'm curious about. Let's say you are going through a lot yeah, and you do have a friend yeah, who shows up or a family member or somebody that, that shows up and they're not going through a good time either. Yeah. How do you sort of balance somebody else's where they're at with where you're at? Yeah. And how do you sort of navigate that, that relationship? Yeah. I can tell more about how I've done it. Right. Right. So it's, it's how I've done it. I don't know if this is the best way, but it's worked. Um, number one is just radical honesty with myself. Do I have the capacity to help somebody right now? Right. If I do, I lean in because I may actually learn something in listening to them that helps to heal something within me. Mm, right. Beautiful. Yeah. If I do not, then number one, just again, be open with person. I love you. I'm going through some tough stuff right now. And I'll be honest with you. I don't really believe I could be there for you. So is there somebody else that we can find that can talk with you right now? Right. I become an advocate in helping them find somebody who can listen right now or somebody immediately comes to mind because I know the person. Well, like, I love you, but let's take this to our friend. Right. Because how is that received? I think it's got to start with, I love you. Yeah. Right. Like this is not because I'm rejecting you. This is not because I do not want to help you. It's because I don't have the capacity right now. And in my experience so far, when people see that they recognize it, they've been there. Hmm. They're okay with it. Right. But the, like, if it was just not now, no, like just the, the, cause we, we get defensive, right. Or, or we ghost, we just don't respond. That's back, the worst. Right. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, it's a human and, thing. Well, and you know, actually I'm going to be kind to myself right now because it's not the worst. I just judged myself. I have, I've, I'm not, I have done that in the past where like, yeah. it's just, it's a lot. And I'm like, I will respond to this tomorrow. <laughs> yes. And that's okay. Like, like even putting yeah. things off for a day, right? Like we're human. There's yeah. a certain capacity we have, right? Beautiful. I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah. Right. So, but those things of not responding or no, or whatever else, the way we do kind of defensively often when somebody's in a difficult place are perceived as rejection. They're perceived as I'm not good enough. They don't care about me, whatever it is. So if you can just have a little bit, even in those times when like, okay, I put it off till tomorrow and then I read it and then I'm like, oh, I, 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 I would love to, but I truly can't. It, I love yeah. you. Hmm. This is not because there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. This is because I don't have the capacity right now. I'm hurting. Hmm. Right. So the best thing we can do is help find somebody that you can talk to right now in the same way. Like I don't have the capacity to talk to everybody. Right. And quite honestly, in those points where somebody's on the edge, a suicide hotline, a therapy, a family member is going to be a lot better option for people. Right. I am one person. You are one person. We have a certain amount of capacity, unfortunately, within this realm, within this world. Right. Right. And so that's where you can be really kind and caring and you can also direct somebody to a place where they can truly get help. And you're doing it both in respect of yourself, but because you care about the person 
because they will get better help. They will get more care, more love, and more attention in this moment if they talk with this person as opposed to you. Well, and I, I think there's a certain level of self-love that has to be acknowledged here. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not saying that, Hey, I, I love you, but I can't talk to you. like you actually acknowledging that and putting it out there is actually one of the best things you can do for them Yeah, because you're actually showing them that, Hey, mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. to feel like, like you don't have the space to be there for someone. Yeah. It's okay to feel like you're not enough. Yeah. It's okay to feel like you're inadvertently actually by example, giving the other person and mm-hmm. showing them that, Hey, yeah. if you're going through a tough time, you get to ask for what you want and yeah. what you need and what's important for you. And I think all of it has a meaning as long as we are stepping into that space of truth and, and just honesty with ourselves and honesty with other people. I think honesty, true. I think truth and love are both in the same thing. Yeah. Like truth, when you are absolutely honest with yourself, you're actually, you're, you're loving yourself. So this is where I believe firmness is okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So having some type of boundaries, being firm about them, this, this is a boundary. Like it comes with same with actions. Just because you accept and love somebody doesn't mean you have to agree with what they're doing right. or anything else. Right. You can have those, right? But it's how we communicate them. So to go that I love you, but this is not okay. And I won't allow you to do this to me. Or I love you, but I don't have the capacity. Like, you know, like firm boundaries communicated with compassion are beautiful. There is nothing wrong with that. And I I share this only because I see a lot of people who care so deeply wear themselves completely out, give their last dollar, give all the energy that they have without really having some for themselves to care for themselves. Right. And I don't like that. I don't like seeing that. Because that means that that person, just like I've done before, can end up in a dark and difficult place. It's such a dance. Yeah, it is a dance. It's such a dance. and No one is anything at all the time. No person is anything all the time. And that is, say that again for the people in the back, really like, I mean, I've even found myself like, as I've kind of grown as a content creator, like I started out talking about certain things mm-hmm. and I put immense pressure to be that, that voice, that face for those people. Yeah. And it's been interesting to even see, I'm not, this is a completely different conversation, but like just, yeah. but with growth though, as you grow over time, yeah. having the expectations that you're supposed to be the thing. Yes. Right. The expectations. Yes. Oh, I worked really hard. So I became this person, <laughs> right? Like, or I became this entrepreneur. I became this, 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 parent right Mm -hmm. that identity and that expectation attached to it and not giving yourself the permission to grow like hey you're allowed to change you're allowed to like certain things and not like certain things and the attachment to that outcome Mm -hmm. i think is what actually creates the path down the dark side in the first place Mm -hmm. 
right? Like when you're not attached to being, to needing to be, to, to fulfill a story that has passed its time. Yeah. When you let go because you're honoring yourself. Yeah. That's what allows the fluidity of life to just take you where you want to go. Yeah. In my, in my vernacular, the way I look at the world, um, when we do those things, when we become attached to an entity and then we're like, I need to be that way all the time. Like I did this with my company. Like, okay, I'm running this company. These people are responsible for me. I cannot fail. I need to be the one in charge, making the decisions and providing for everybody else all the time without fail, right. regardless of the stuff that I was going through. Right. We create our own prisons. Mm. Like that's a prison. It may feel like it's a glorious, beautiful place. It's still a prison. I do not like cages. And as much as I can within my life, I tear them down because I want the beautiful open space where we get to ebb, we get to flow, we get to be who we are, we get to dance, to use your words earlier, right? We get to be ourselves and we are not static. We are not one thing. We're dynamic. We're always changing. We're always evolving. We're always growing. Sometimes we're shrinking, but that shrinking is a part of growing and evolving because we're learning new things to the greatest degree that I can. And I am not perfect at this by any, anybody's imagination. But if I can perceive a cage that I've created for myself and I've made plenty, I do my best to just disassemble it. How? Awareness is the first part, right? When you're aware that this thing, when I, when I became aware that being the CEO of a company and this, uh, this recognition and this appreciation that I was garnering was becoming a cage, right? Then that awareness begins to lead towards a feeling. Do I like being in this cage? Oh, I like it sometimes. I like it when people are telling me I'm great. I don't like it when I feel like I want to be more human and connect with people and I feel isolated. All right. What is it that I need to shift and change? What is it that I need to let go of? Oh, I've got this desire, this perfection aspect, this, this want for other people to tell me that I'm doing a really good job because I don't yet believe it myself. And so I just follow those threads of thought from that awareness. And eventually it leads me to the thing that I need to release right? The thing that I needed to release in that particular cage was my worth hinged upon the fact that I had started a company and I made X amount of money and that I had a reputation. Eventually, and this was not easy, I needed to release that. This is why vulnerability is such an important skill to practice. Mm. Like I'm even thinking about it out loud. Like, you know, I know so many people that feel trapped in relationships that they're not happy in. Yeah. I know so many people that are trapped in jobs that they're not fulfilled in. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that keep them trapped is the fear that if they are honest with themselves, they're going to screw up their lives. Mm. They're going to break their realities. Mm. They're going to hurt other people. Yeah. And that's why I just believe vulnerability and honesty is such a important practice because when you practice being vulnerable, you're, you're really practicing unconditional love for yourself. Yeah. 
unconditional love for yourself, right? Being able to be on that leading edge of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like wherever that is. It's like no matter the, what happens or how this thing I'm saying is received, it's more important for me to share it Yeah, because I honor myself than it is for me to not even honor, but just because I don't want to carry the burden or, or mm-hmm. experience the weight. It's, it's almost like, a, like you're, you're letting go in some ways. And with everything, in my view, my belief right, system, right. there's two sides, right? I 100% agree with what you're saying. And at the same time, I 100% agree that it's not always, um, I want to say this because there's no judgment in this. It's not always about you, right? So you and I had an experience the other day where I got to be very open and vulnerable about receiving, about finances, about some stuff that had happened in my childhood right. in front of this beautiful group of people. Right. Right. I got to step forth into that. I got to be very open and vulnerable. I got to get love and care and advice because I asked for advice, got love, care and advice from people. I got to be seen, I found like different parts of me that were integrated as a result of that. But I also, because I was willing to step forward, I created this range of vulnerability that it was now possible for anybody else to step into at whatever level they wanted to. Right? So because I'm not always strong enough to do something just for me often and more and more I am. Oh, so right. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. But because I'm not always strong enough or, or I feel still at times that I'm not worthy enough to do it just for me. I know that by doing this, I am serving everybody else there because they don't have to go to the same limits that I do, but I've now created this beautiful open space, right? And I don't think of it as holding space. I create space. I create it. I let it be. I don't have to hold it. I don't have to spend energy on this maintaining of it. Once it's created, it's there. And while we're all here, we can all step in any level we want to. And so I've done a beautiful service to the people that I care deeply about. Uh, the idea of being vulnerable for others is such a beautiful way to inadvertently get yourself into a place where you're tapping into that source of love mm-hmm. that that you feel. Whether you feel love for yourself or love for another, it's still love. Yeah, it's it's universal. Yeah, and I I just love that that idea of you can't be vulnerable for yourself if you haven't gotten there yet that's okay how can being vulnerable in this moment allow someone else or allow this cage or allow allow something to happen that can just encourage love to be a more default state you and i have just provided a better answer to a question you asked earlier which is if you don't know how somebody's doing, how can you be there for them or ask or be present? Right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not asking. Sometimes it's being willing without putting weight on them to go, here's what I'm going through. Man. And it's not a, an unloading on other people. It's being open. It's being vulnerable and providing that example that it's possible for somebody else to open up and share. And once you've taken that first step, you've created that example, then you can just turn around. How are you? Right. Right. And that creates an opening 
for them to be able to step into. The opening, yeah. the container of love and acceptance. And it doesn't need to be there all the time. No. It can't be there all the time. That's the duality, right? Like we can aspire. That's it. We can and, aspire. and maybe there's a point in our own mental, emotional, spiritual evolution where that happens, right? Mm. I'm not there yet. No. Right? I, and I, I, you know, it's a great North star, right? It's a, it's a great home base to return to when you feel like you're not in that state and you become aware of it. Mm. It's a beautiful opportunity to lovingly bring you back into that space. But that's, the, that's again, the dance. Yeah. Right, the dance of being human. Being human is to experience the full range of everything. It's yeah. to experience the exhilarating joy, yeah. but it's also to be present inside of the the debilitating heartbreak. Mm. And I think the more we can create these containers for ourselves and for others to truly be present in what they're feeling without judgment, without needing to fix without needing to without really needing to change anything about the situation at hand it's pure acceptance we heal the world like the it goes well beyond this right? right so imagine people with two very different ideologies i sit down with people who see the world very different than i do and i get to have great conversations and listen to them because i can be open and everything else and i realize that somebody else's beliefs don't have to be mine and i'm not threatened by somebody else's beliefs right? It's that same thing, whether we're talking about somebody who's hurt, somebody who's depressed and suicidal, different ideologies, like the same practice works throughout. And in there, I often learn things. Yeah. Oh, oh, I wasn't seeing that quite as clearly as I could. All right. Maybe my core beliefs aren't shifted, but now I have more nuance and maybe something else is a little different over here, right? It does. And you say, heal the world. I'll use the words um, brings us closer to unity, right? The world's already healed. Yeah. It brings us closer to unity and yeah. unity doesn't mean everybody has to be identical, exactly the same, same culture, like just blah across. It's this ability to be present with each other, to have conversations, to share experiences, good, bad, and otherwise to appreciate somebody else, even when they're different, to care about people as deeply as we're able to, and to realize we're in this together. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're in this together. <sighs> Chris, man, I love you so much. <laughs> like, um, I love you. I really appreciate just, um, I just appreciate your heart, man. Mm. Like you're, I appreciate how committed you are to sharing your heart and, and, and honoring and it's just, I, I love the journey you're on and the way you've been impacting people. The conversation we had goes on from there. And quite honestly, it's a really good episode. And if you want to watch the, or listen to the entire conversation I had with Raj, I'm also linking it down below. But let's get into looking back at what we've learned from this. If you know somebody who's going through a challenging time, number one is this will give you a better sense of what they're experiencing and how you can help. And let's break down those steps to make them even more clear so that you know how to step forward if you choose to step forward, right? So the first thing is be honest with yourself. 
Do you have the capacity to help somebody right now? Are you in the mental and the emotional space to help them? Do you have the energy to be there with them? If the answer is no, be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the other person. Literally, tell them, I love you, right? Because this isn't about rejection. This isn't not about them not being good enough, which is what they fear because of their own uh, shame and guilt. It's what I feared because of my own shame and guilt. This is about helping them get to the right resource to help them best right now. So if the answer is no, one of the best things you can do is just be honest and go, I, man, I'm struggling. I can't help you right now, but I'm going to help you get to somebody who can help you and then allow them to take it from there. Now, if you do have the capacity, if you do have the capacity and you're like, all right, I want to help, then that's where this empathetic witness, this empathetic listening really comes into play. Because what most people need, unless they're in a really, really dark place, they're in that, they're literally standing on the edge of the bridge instead of just thinking about the edge of the bridge, right? That when they're in that space, that ability to be present, to let them know that they're loved and cared for, to let them know that you're not judging them, to let them know that it's okay that they feel this way, to let them know that you want them to share what they're going through, even if they're barely able to talk about it. Because a lot of times these emotions are hard to articulate or they feel like they're blocked away because that's what somebody who's going through this, these challenging times, they've pushed it down and they've blocked it away and they've locked it up and it can be hard to get at. So it's just having a conversation with them where they get to be a little bit more open about it. And it may take multiple conversations. It doesn't all have to come out at once. You don't have to push people. You just have to create the space invite them in and let them know that they're loved and cared for, right? That's being an empathetic witness, an empathetic listener. So doing that for them is the greatest thing that you can do. And with that, the key things to remember are you don't need to fix them. You don't even need to give them advice. You just need to be there and listen. There is a lot of advice out there and quite honestly, Professional advice is often even better. Like a therapist, a psychiatrist, um, suicide hotline, like those things can provide way better advice often than many of us can for through our own life experiences, unless you've been there. If you've been there, then maybe sharing a bit of your story, like leading with that openness, with that vulnerability, sharing what you've been through, helping them see what's on one side of this doorway that they've been trapped within or feel like they're stuck within and what's on the other side and let them see that that's possible by knowing you, by being the example that shows that you understand and you have compassion and you can help them see the other side of it. Beautiful. Then, then do that. Like those are the steps to help somebody. And if they've begun to open up, if they're beginning to look for something forth, you can help them create their list. And I'm going to go into this deeper in another episode. I believe it just, it, re, it doesn't require, it deserves an episode of its own. So just briefly what a list is, is a list is a physical, physical written down somewhere. It could be just even on a note card. It's a physical list of the people that somebody promises to contact. 
to call, to reach out to, if they ever get to a point that feels like they're going to be a danger to themselves or, or to others, or it just, or the darkness gets to a point where it just hurts and they need to reach out, right? Because that promise will be enough often for most people, that integrity, that'll be enough for them to reach out. And you want to make sure that they have enough people on that list. So if somebody's not available, they'll go on to the next one, the next one, until they get somebody. And three to five people is a really, really good start. Even just three people is a really, really good start for the list. Um, the other thing about the list that I shared in the this conversation is it's tangible. It's real. And so when somebody's in that challenging place, their mind can play tricks on them. And even though they know that you are their best friend or you love, you care for them, the mind plays tricks and can feel like, oh, it's just, ah, they don't really care. I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm alone. And the spiral begins, right? The list is tangible. It can't be refuted. You look at it and you know, you know that these people care and love about you, care about you and love you. And it is incredible what just that physical proof can do to truly help somebody. So those are the steps. If I were to boil this episode down to that, that's what I would boil it down to. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Comments below, hit me on Twitter. Um, check out my website. The I Am Listening link is a great place for us to have deeper conversations on this. And in future episodes, I keep saying this, but eventually we'll be able to have live conversations, right? And that becomes another space that we can go deeper into these things. So if you have questions, ask and share. I want to clarify and help these. Um, before I let you go, because it is Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to eat an incredible meal today. I'm going to focus on gratitude. I'm going to think about and reach out to the people who I care about the most. Um, but I do want to make one little correction to the conversation. And that's, I used Robin Williams because he's often used as this example of somebody who has had it all, who you wouldn't have imagined would go through these challenging times and who ended his life through suicide. And while he did go through depression and addiction and a bunch of other things in his life, I learned through this incredible documentary called Robin's Wish. Highly recommend you watch it. I'm giving a lot of resources for this episode. Uh, it's linked down below as well. But it showed that at the end of his life, it was actually something different. It was something biological, neurological that was going on with him. And it's called Louis Body... Um, oh, I always get the name wrong. Louis Body Dementia. And it's where literally your nervous system and your brain starts to get eaten away. And it causes uh, a change in personality. It causes uh, people to feel disconnected and alone, to feel scared, um, to have, uh, uh, I don't know if the right term, psychiatric episodes, uh, manic and, and depressed episodes. It's a very different thing. Um, and I just want to make that correction because I think in honor of Robin and his family who've gone through this and for them creating the documentary, it's really worth us being really, really clear on what he experienced and how it's different from what a lot of people experience in terms of just normal depression, isolation, suicidal thoughts, etc. So with that done, I, I love you. I do. I'm really grateful that we get to connect in this way. For those of you who've made it this far and have listened to this part of, of the podcast, thank you. Big love to you. 
I am grateful. And I wish you, whether you celebrate it or not, an incredible, incredible Thanksgiving. I think the, the term I'm going to use from now on is uh, Merry Gratitude Day. So a Merry Gratitude Day. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> a Merry Gratitude Day to you and big love.